Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Onyx. The Onyx Hunt app turns your phone into a mobile GPS unit and is available for all 50 states to be able to go through and for all your mapping resources. So I wanted to share a tip today of how I use the Onyx Hunt app on the recent caribou hunt and how you can use it in other Western hunting scenarios. And that is by being able to say you're looking across a valley and you spot an animal. And so say, for example, a caribou or mule deer, elk, whatever that might be, when you see it across there, before you go put a stock on it, make sure that you mark that spot on your Onyx and plan your route and make some waypoints along the way of like just points you want to hit. Because otherwise, once you start getting over there, the country looks 100% different and it's really difficult to figure out where you are, even though it looks so clear from the other side. So use use the app to be able to, and the aerial feature to be able to figure any, you know, say there's a landscape or a topography line that you can see and are able to add that waypoint there. If you want to check out the Onyx Hunt app yourself, head over to onyxmaps.com and use the coupon code EMW. That'll save yourself 20% off of the app. The University of Elk Hunting, so Corey Jacobson and Elk 101 have put together the most fully comprehensive elk hunting learning course available. 17 different modules going through everything from the planning phases all the way through the actual elk hunt itself, which it is September and maybe some of you are already elk hunting, maybe some of you are getting ready to go on a hunt. Either way, Definitely check out the course and learn about some of the things that that you can do, whether that's even if you're coming from the east heading west and you're on a long drive heading out there, it's a perfect time to brush up on some things and learn more about elk hunting. So everything is in one place and you can find that over at elk101.com. If you use the coupon code EASTMEETSWEST, you'll save yourself 20% off a one-year membership to the online course and tethered so tethered has developed the lightest least bulky most versatile safest elevated hunting equipment available and they're doing that you know mostly within the the saddle hunting community so they have all everything you could potentially need for saddle hunting as well as and probably even more importantly the resources to learn about saddle hunting and figure out you know if that's exactly for you and so if you head over to tetherednation.com you can look at all their products learn more about saddle hunting and also just keep an eye out they have a ton of new products being released here um, you know, every day it seems like dropping some new stuff. So head over to their website and check that out. All right. So in other news today, um, just getting prepped here as, as whitetail season is, is coming you know, closer and closer. And as I'm seeing, you know, it open up in some states, it's, uh, you know, getting me even more excited. It's a little bit weird to be, you know, sitting here in Pennsylvania during September. I don't think I've spent 
much of September back home in about four or five years, usually out elk hunting. So anybody that is elk hunting, um, one jealous of you and two, I hope that, uh, hope the hunt goes well and is successful. It's a great time of year to be out, but I am just, I'm pumped to be getting ready here. Like I said, for, for whitetail season, just getting together some more cameras today, putting together some plans, transitioning some cameras and, and getting ready to see, uh, you know, for our opener, which I believe in Pennsylvania is October 5th. And so, yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff going on there, but pretty, pretty, uh, pretty exciting, I'd say. And so other than that, uh, the, the caribou hunt content is really on its way in, in full swing. So the, this will be, if you're listening to this, you know, say through Apple Podcasts or however you listen to podcasts and you want to check out the video version, that is over on my YouTube channel, which is just Bo Martonic. You can find that there. And that's this is just the beginning of a bunch of stuff from this caribou hunt. My goal with it is to be able to help anyone really be able to plan one of these hunts for themselves and show you that, you know, Alaska really isn't out of reach. If you have the right resources and you plan properly, I think it's, it's definitely doable for anyone. So I hope that, uh, everyone enjoys this episode here and definitely, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel with a lot more stuff coming out, including the full film, which it will either release here at the end of September or into early October. Uh, I just want to make sure everything you know, turns out exactly the way that, that we want it to look and have the whole storyline for that there. But anyways, we'll keep you updated with that. Um, other than that, I would say just uh, I hope everyone enjoys this episode. And if you do like it, head over to... Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to it, and please give the, the podcast a rating and review. That helps me out a ton and to be able to keep putting these out. So thanks, everyone, and I hope you have a great week. We're live. It is day four out here. We recorded on day one, the last podcast, but for this specific episode here, which if you're listening to the audio version, we will have a video version over on YouTube. So if you want to see our smiling faces in the beautiful Alaska landscape, I'd recommend heading over to YouTube and checking that out. My YouTube channel is just Bo Martonic. Check that out and we'll be rolling there. But for this episode, we're just going to focus on the day one and two of hunting. So which would be two and three of the trip. Because last time that we left off, we had just gotten into camp kind of just you know went through it and quite a few things have happened since then and i'm joined back by justin mueller who is a filmmaker photographer extraordinaire everything else you want to throw in the mix that's a little much we'll just stick with photographer for right now okay we'll (laughs) go with that and so he's been on here before filmed the elk hunt last year and then my lifelong buddy and hunting partner michael paladino so we'll go with that one then too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna, you know, kind of give a little bit of a, a recap, and it's gonna, you know, like I said, a lot of things have happened in the last few days, but we finally got a chance to sit down and podcast. You know, I say that finally got a chance, but we've had 
what we have like 20 hours of daylight so there's really no excuse in why we haven't you know <laughs> we have been busy we have been yeah, busy we've been busy we haven't sat around a whole lot unless it was pouring down rain yeah that's that's really about it which the alaskan weather has definitely come at us full bore rain gear is not just recommended it's a necessity wind <laughs> yeah wind cold cold sun heat cold mornings especially until that sun comes up yeah fog fog we only got like six foot of visibility two days ago yeah yeah it's been it's been kind of actually last two days it's been pretty incredible like this morning was the first morning that cleared up bugs you know bugs bugs oh man relatively early michael's running the thermocell while we're doing this podcast here so keeping it yeah trying to get the the mist over this way appreciate that um but anyways, so I wanted to start by recapping. As soon as we finished the last podcast, literally finished, closed everything up, we spotted our first caribou yep. at 4.1 miles directly behind us, <laughs> way up there on the very top. Which, which, yeah, go go ahead. No, it just it's funny to think that we're like, yeah, if that's tomorrow, we're going to get them. <laughs> yeah. So... You know, we, you know, the caribou hunt, kind of our expectations were, and from what we'd heard is, you know, you don't leave camp a whole, like, you don't go very far. Like, that was kind of what we were told. Actually, we were instructed not to go further than two miles from camp. Except the first thing our airport, our air pilot said, you guys look like you can get over that mountain. Yeah. Yeah, go he, ahead he did and do say it. that, which yeah. that mountain was two miles away. Yeah. 2.1. We had a good laugh about that. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, okay, put us in the spot expecting <laughs> us to hike. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We wanted a mountain caribou hunt and, and spotting these ones literally as high as you could possibly get, way above the tundra, way above, I should say tree line, but everything's above tree line here. Yeah. There's no trees. <laughs> but uh, 1,800 feet on that hilltop. Yeah. And so, up, you know, above, you know, even where we're at now, they're, they're, they were up there a ways. Let's put it that way. And I spotted them through my nine power mavens, just like his specs on the skyline, then pulled out the spotters and were able to see some nice bulls. Yeah, two good bulls out of three, but all three bulls. Yep. So it made us happy to see that. So we, we were able to go to bed that night, you know, pretty excited. And actually, right before we went to bed, we had... I think it was the first night, the Arctic Fox Yep, that visited us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right there. Yep. You guys were glassing. I was just kind of standing over here somewhere. I looked down, and it was, what, 40 yards? Yeah. And it was just this, like, beautiful, like, it was probably a little bit bigger than a red fox, uh, but it was just this beautiful black coat, and the, the end two inches of its tail was, you know, snow white. It was just a, a really cool-looking animal. Yeah, and I've never seen anything like that. It was just cool. We and, definitely and, called it an Arctic Fox. Yeah. But it could be anything. Could, yeah. I'm pretty sure you're right. Because <laughs> it's not white. I'm not sure. Yeah. But it yeah. it looked, it was a beautiful animal. Yeah. I would relate it to a fox. It was, it was a fox. Yeah. Of yeah. sorts. Of sorts. If they have like a silver fox up here. Or I, don't that, know. We put, <laughs> I don't know. Is that a lady or something? <laughs> 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 I might just might do that out there. But yeah, it, that's where it was. Is that color right there. It, and we've, uh, so we've, if. We've taken every single animal that we've seen that we don't know what it is, and we put the word Arctic in front of it. And that's what we describe <laughs> it as. The grizzly bears. Arctic grizzly the Arctic bears. grizzlies. Yeah. Which, um, so anyways, we went to bed that night with some high hopes. Even though the caribou were way far away, we're like, oh, they'll work their way down to the bottom by tomorrow, for sure. Well, next morning, first thing we spot, I'm like, 
this happens a couple times, but <laughs> caribou up on the saddle, like, you know, about two miles away, a little, little less on this yeah. side of it. No, giant grizzly bear. Well, no, that wasn't the first day. That was the, this, that was the, yeah, oh, that was, the that was the right first, here. no, that was the first morning. Okay. The first morning we hunted, we saw the, well, there were two grizzlies actually. Yeah. You might have spotted that. The yeah, first. They're, they're the two up here because you were spotting caribou. I'm like, yo, there's two grizzly bears right. right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's what right. happened. <clears throat> and, yeah, so we had two grizzlies and watching them dig up the blueberries. And I don't know if they're actually called blueberries here or what they are. <laughs> Arctic <but> blueberries. <laughs> Arctic blueberries. <laughs> so they were they were d- digging them up. And pretty good-sized bear. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. And we had, we had seen the, the bear tracks here along the creek. And now we've actually, since then, I've seen bear shit everywhere around camp, including in camp. But uh, so that was cool to see. You know, right before that, Justin said, "I want to see a, I want to see a grizzly bear." And right away, saw that. And then a fog rolled in, so we had no idea where it went. Yeah, I lost it. Still don't. And then the fog rolls out, and all of a sudden, caribou pop up directly again at that saddle where. Uh, our pilot said that, you know, we should be willing to hike too. And these caribou bedded on top of this giant cliff face on our side in the wide open. And I don't know how many. There's only like moss up there. Yeah. There's really nothing to eat. There's no water. There's I don't see a reason for them to be there. I mean, for lack of a better term, it's just a rock face. Yeah. That yeah. they're up on. Like you said, there's, I, you know, there's nothing. It's just rocks. In the wind, in the rain. I mean, there's no cover. Yeah, yeah, and the sun too. When it's nice out, they're just yeah. up there, you know, baking in the sun. Yeah, so we were, yeah, we were watching them, and we're trying to make like, all right, we're gonna play this like if it was like a mule deer bedded, we're gonna hunt them. So we went up on the hill, kind of behind us, and skirted up. I don't know. We did that two mile trek up through there, and what what's crazy is from what when you're down in the bottom looking up. It looks like this is nice wide open tundra with some different colors going up. In reality, those different colors are alders and willow bushes that are well over the height of us. You know, they could mm-hmm. be eight, oh, ten yeah. foot tall mm-hmm. in places. And it was thick. Right where like, the grizzly bear was, yeah. too. So, yeah, we walked right right towards where the grizzly was an hour or so before that, where if we lost in the fog. So, <laughs> kind of <high>, on high <laughs> alert. I got the bear spray here on my side. Um, even currently I got it sitting here and we were, we were kind of ready to go. I let Michael go first and, you know, feel out <laughs> Just of the way. Just in case. <laughs> yeah. I was ready to rip. So we, we <laughs> tried not to skyline ourselves and we stayed on the bottom side of the caribou popping up every once in a while, checking out, still bedded, did this big loop around, got on the very top of the ridge all through these rocks. And it reminded me, I know it isn't exactly, but it reminded me if we were to be like sheep hunting or something, the type of train we go through, just rock screes coming down the side, just incredible. And then we got hit by a, a good storm. Oh, yeah. Like high winds blowing, had full ring gear on, just getting hit by even a little bit of hail. Like, I mean, it was it was pretty nasty. And we snuck up to where the caribou should have been on the other side, expecting this epic shot from above, like... Like we're supposed to hunt tundra caribou and we're hunting in the mountains and they weren't there. It would have been like a hundred, hundred yard shot. I mean, we were, we were getting in close and crested the top, the last ridge to be looking down onto them in their beds. And I'm looking at the bed and I was like, they're not here. Yeah. And we, we, we 
looped around a little bit, back and forth, up and down, all clear. Yeah, to kind, of, see him. to kind of paint that picture a little better, too, we almost hunted them like you would hunt a bedded mule deer. Oh, yeah. You know, we spotted them from down here, made a play, came up and around on top of them, expecting to be up on the cliff as they're in the saddle or, the or wind, wherever they were bedded. The right way, made yep. sure we looped with the wind. Yep. Yeah. And so we had, um, so anyways, we did that and didn't find them. We're like, all right, they could have went one of two ways. And we expected that they went on the backside of the mountain because that was the most likely as far as the way the train laid out for them to go. The front side was all cliffs and just difficult. Gnarly. Yeah. Gnarly. Mm-hmm. So we went around the backside and and just kept hiking, and we weren't finding them. We were just going and going and going and not finding them. And at this point, we were, I don't know, four and a half, five miles away from camp. Again, not what you're supposed to do. Double the distance we're supposed to be. And then we, I go, Michael, we got a caribou. No, 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 no. <laughs> Bo goes, you glass everything. I said, as far as I want to walk. And Bo's like, so you didn't glass everything. I said, no, just down to here. He pulls his binoculars up and throws it right on a bull. He goes, there's one right there. I was like, Oh my goodness, that's a, at least another mile and a half. Oh no, I bet it was another three miles away from where we were. <laughs> yeah, it was a long way. So we're putting about seven miles away from camp at this point. We're told not to go past two miles. He's like, We'd, we got, we got to keep. We get those other caribou had to win around the front face, around the cliffs. Like we're gonna loop around and come back towards camp, but we have to run into them. There's no other way they could go. So we ran around and we did. We, but we came, yeah, we came back up over the top. Instead of going around, we kind of came back over the top. That was a pretty, you know, intense hike because everything was soaked, and it was a pretty good angle, like you said, kind of sheep country, and it was all rocks and shale, and we were just kind of trying to. And the grass is moss, and the grass which doesn't hold moss. on to anything. Yeah, I mean, everything was slick, mm-hmm. very slick. Yeah, so we were just sliding, you know, on the side of the mountain there, trying to get through. Got around and, and then. Michael, I think, picked up some caribou down on the bottom, um, a couple bulls, and we saw one bed down. Yeah, right on that front face of the, yeah. the castle. The castle, and we thought, and we thought we could. I mean, it was a perfect spot to stalk. Essentially, I mean, we could get up on the top, come down from above, and shoot them. So that's kind of what we did. And on the way, we did spot some other caribou. Yeah, we did. We between, saw two big groups between our four mile away and camp, <laughs> and. Uh, so the, that that's where that group went. They ended up going off the front, from what we could assume. And we were spotting caribou all over, but nothing close. Oh, yeah, we saw probably a couple up over here, a couple down that way, a good ways, yeah. a couple right halfway to camp. And then we even spotted them on the back side two miles on the other side of camp. And there was a good amount of bulls, if I remember right, too, right? A lot. Yeah. I wasn't spotting much. I was filming you guys, but it sounds like you were you were seeing a lot of bulls yeah. all over the place. Yeah, we definitely were. and And so we just kept you know, pushing and went around. We put the stock on that, that one and Michael was up to shoot and I we, didn't play the wind because I didn't think I needed to. Yeah. I definitely took a half-assed route for sure. But, but, the th- but we also were a little bit off on where that bull was bedded because yeah. it's so difficult to be able to see. And this is where we, you know, could have got maybe a little bit better by say using Onyx from up above and kind of pinpointing where it was and trying so to work hard towards to pinpoint it. But, it. but it's yeah. so hard because yeah, everything looks. We're gonna do find the bullshits line by. Yeah, exactly. it's like what what are you gonna use? So we ended up 
getting above it, and we jumped the bull out of his bed. How far away do you think he was? It was 100 and probably 50 when he jumped. Yeah. And his first stop was like 270. It was right and, at 270. Yeah. That. And Michael's like, that's. It was offhand. It was like too far for me. It's too far. And I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna try it. So I ran around the corner, slammed my pack on the ground, got a solid rest. I was like, give me that range again. Was he was he out even further at that I point? I think he oh, was yeah. a little bit further. I don't know the number. I'm going to say 360, but it was less than 400. I, I remember when it, the second range like the first shot, mm-hmm. second range was almost a hundred yards farther. Cause I remember thinking, holy shit, these things can cover ground. Yeah. By no means was he like sprinting. We away went from 10 us. yards and he went a hundred. Yeah. He was yeah. just like trotting away, kind of looking back, doing his thing. And he covered, you know, 10 yards to our one. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Know. So we, um, so anyways, I got in a position, Michael called out the range. I felt super solid, touched one off and what? You misfired. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's what. That's why the story's getting the way it's that. going. Yeah, yep. that's it. Yeah, I, I misfired. I didn't have one in the chamber because we were traveling without one in the chamber, and I forgot to rack it. Everything just hit so fast, the commotion, mm-hmm. and I, I completely well, like, on me, you know. Yeah. So then that messed you up, I think. Yeah, yep. and I was like, you know, flustered. So I ran another one in, and or ran the first one in, and got it on them. Had my dope chart built from. My, my buddy who's a Navy SEAL sniper, he built this for me. It's accurate. I've I've shot out, you know, past that and felt comfortable with it. Touched one off and I hit low, didn't I? I'm 99% sure that I saw it go like a good bit under his belly, but not like crazy. You know, because I'm watching it and it just got done raining. So I could see a pretty good vapor trail as it got out further. Yeah. So, but it was pretty cool. But And so I was like, at that point, I didn't know. Yeah, you I thought you hit him. it. I thought I hit him. Yep. So he jumps out another couple hundred yards, and I can't hear anybody around me. I had my hearing protection in, but I was just in the zone. So I wasn't hearing anything. I just yelled back to Michael, give me a range. <laughs> and he yells like five something. Yeah, like and I'm five, like, this eight. is a little out of my range, but if I hit this caribou, I need to put him down. Yeah. So And I thought I did. And so I shot again, and I missed, and I was like, you know, whatever, and he runs out again, and I'm in the zone. At this and he's point. getting ready to shoot, and I'm like, "Dude, enough!" <laughs> Cut. Yeah. And he's I'm like, like, "What do you mean I hit it?" And and, and I was like, "Give me a range." <laughs> he's like, "918 <laughs> yards." I'm like, "No, I said, no, I said, I said, I said, give me a range. I'm feeling good." <laughs> and uh, he goes, "918 yards." I was like, "Oh no!" He goes, "I feel good." I was like, "Dude, it's 918." You're good. You're done. Yeah, and he goes, and he goes. You didn't hit it. You didn't hit it. Hundred percent confirmed. Like you did not hit that bull. And then I'm like, oh, why am I even trying? I thought I hit him. <laughs> and goes, I feel good. That's the best part of the whole story. After missing two shots on the third one at 900 yards, I'm feeling good. Give me a range. <laughs> and I didn't shoot. For the, for that, I feel but. good. <laughs> so, oh, we joked about that so much. And uh, anyways, we're like, well, it's probably smart. I mean, Tweedledee and Tweedledum sitting at 45 degree angle of this gun yeah and just getting pelted with the muzzle blast because he has a um, muzzle brake on yeah and we're over there like hiding he's just just shooting and shooting oh that was funny so anyways we realized that it was probably a blessing in disguise i mean at that point that bull was close to five miles away by the time he got <laughs> oh. done we were four and a half miles at least yeah. you know where i shot and 
It's like he wasn't okay, a giant, but he's a good depiction of a good caribou. Yeah, I mean, I uh, he yeah, he wasn't a giant bull by any means, but he had the frame. He looked okay, you know. That's nothing that stuck out, but nothing that wasn't caribou. Yeah, yep, exactly. So definitely a bull. We confirmed that, and then just kept moving on. We're like, okay, and we spotted some others, and never really got a play. Mm-hmm. Then the rest of the day, did no, no, no. no. We spotted them pretty far out. Like we there was the ones that over real here. big bull over here. Yeah, but that he was, was working nice his way bull. away from us, and he was already. Two miles, which I think he was the big bull up on top. Could have been like because there was one significant bull up on top, and we couldn't find him in the bottom. And then all of a sudden, a big bull popped up over here behind us. I wouldn't be surprised if our commotion up there pushed him straight down into the valley. Oh, we caused a commotion. Yeah, <laughs> and then he just went right up the. When the three hundred rang, you could hear that for at least seven, eight miles. So <laughs> it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's that's confirmed yeah so we kept we kept moving and we ended up going down we're like we're not walking through this tundra and alders as far as we have to so we shortcut to the creek and watched walk the the rocky creek the whole way back and just got kind of soaked because we were going back and forth having to cross and got back to camp that night and is that was there anything i'm missing in between there we saw nothing that night no but other than the fact that we did almost basically eight and a half miles that day and we were told not to go over two <laughs> so <laughs> on day one on day, on day one, one. The trip we went for a good hike and like I, I go i think there's something everyone keeps saying about being patient you know <laughs> we just kept pushing and i'm like and we wanted that like all of us wanted like this mountain type hunt with it and didn't think we were going to get it like that's what i had envisioned in my mm-hmm. mind is what that hunt was mm-hmm. and we did it. We had a freaking blast. We joked about it when we got back. And when you're hiking up on the top of this stuff, these mountains are different because there's no like tree line. You don't get above a tree line. You're it, It's just a different scenario up there because it's so rocky and so vast. And so you're not getting the little cricks that are running out like you get in Rocky Mountains. You're not just coming across a part of a big opening. Like it's, everything's open and everything is like pretty jagged rock scree. And moss. So it's a pretty cool place. I mean, it, I haven't hiked in mountains like that, really. No, I haven't either. They're it was pretty different. cool. No, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was epic. Like, I, I can't wait to see the footage, like, when we, when Justin puts together the film, because it was just so cool, like, the environment we were in. Like, I was on cloud nine, you know, the whole time, just like, mm-hmm. it was so, it was the so, views so much fun. just unbeatable. Yeah. yeah. Big, big rainbow that ended right on our hill. Yeah, went over cool. in the valley. That was pretty cool. I mean, it was just a cool place. Yeah, there there was nothing I would change about that encounter. So day two, we had some high expectations, like the day two of hunting, which would be day three of the trip. But at the same time, we were a little bit concerned with how none of the caribou were anywhere near camp, and we were definitely gonna have to work for them. Mm-hmm. And and that you know, again, that's not. Not anything we weren't up against tasking. It was just changing your mindset on kind of what you expected mm-hmm. to happen. And I think we did a great job of that. And the next day, planned on... So it gets dark at like 1130 at night and starts getting light at 4 in the morning. So, Michael, you had your alarm set that time. And we were fogged in till 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. No, like 930, 10. Yeah. yeah. That was late. Yeah, it was getting late. Like, when I say fogged in, like, you couldn't even see the creek, which is 80 yards from us. It was just incredibly just mm-hmm. dense fog. So we had to do nothing but wait. And the bottom up opened up before anything else down this way. Yep. And Bo woke me up. He's like, hey, starting to get light. I was like, okay. So I crawled out. 
at like nine, nine fifteen. Yeah. So that's how I know it was after that. Yeah. So I crawled out of bed late and got ready. Yeah. And then that was a slow day. Like we didn't see any yeah, anything for a while. And then we decided in the afternoon to hike I don't know, about a half mile if that down the way to get a better vantage point and try to see into this other valley. Um, Michael, you took a hike by yourself kind of up. Well, as we were getting there, it was nice all day after that fog, nothing. We decided to go out, take a hike, and get pelted by an app. 600 yards away from camp. Yeah. And we just got smoked out of nowhere. (laughs) I mean, we're only 600 yards, and all of a sudden, just a flash storm. And it was a heavy rain. Oh, my goodness. Heavy rain. Yeah, not not good. Good like, thing you had that tarp with. Yeah. So I, I got a, a 10 by 12 Sika Flash tarp, and that thing has paid its dividends, like, just on this trip. Oh, yeah. It sets up. It can set up with two trekking poles, but we set up with both sets of Michaels and I. So we have four trekking poles. I got four MSR Cyclone stakes, which are big, long ones that go into the ground, some paracord that comes with the tarp. We set that up, fit all three of us in it there. It's like 20 ways to set those tents up, or those tarps up. And we just set up probably the most basic to give us the most room. Yeah. We're like, we're not trying to be really like good with the wind or we're trying to have the most room mm-hmm. and it's pretty quick. Yeah. So it, at first though, when we went to set it up, we didn't set it up. We just mm-hmm. crawled underneath it and got oh, pelted right. by rain. Yeah. We sat under it with it just wrapped around all of us, except for the back of you, Michael. Yeah. You got pretty wet. I just had it around my waist and up. So my whole legs were just getting... I felt bad because after you said, like, hey, you're kind of taking it from me, I looked down and I had, like, eight inches under my feet. And I just kept, like, pulling it. (laughs) I didn't know you didn't have a lot. That was good. (laughs) And uh, so, anyways, we got the tarp set up. And Michael took a little jaunt, didn't see anything. And it wasn't until 8 or 9 o'clock at night, probably. Yeah, it was late. That all of a sudden on the, you know, you spotted. This is when you said, oh, there's caribou up top. That's when you said that. And I was like, uh, no, it's grizzly bear. Yeah, that was a big... I think that was the second grizzly we saw the day before. I agree. Probably. I yeah. agree. That one there and that one was... So he was up big. there, and we were watching him through your Maven spotter at 50 power. Just watch him dig up blueberries, jump around. Oh, it was so cool to watch these bears in their just natural environment, not bothered by nothing. They couldn't see us. you know, He couldn't see us. And just watching them. And all of a sudden, up above them about, I don't know how f- far elevation it was above them, but above this rock cliff, all these caribou started coming across the skyline. Again, as high as you could possibly get, these caribou were running. There were some big bulls in the group. Yeah, there's two different groups that went through there. Yeah. And they were they were a long ways away. Yeah. Yeah, another four-mile thing is what Onyx Plus said. Plus the half mile that we were already away from camp. Yeah. Plus elevation, because we kind of figured... There was good ones in there, but we were like, even if we left right now and they stayed there, we won't make it before dark. Yeah. Yep, yep. And obviously, and, they wouldn't have stayed right there. They were moving through, but... And, and to be smart about it, like, we're not going to go, you know, shoot one right before dark or two and then have to worry about the grizzly that was just right there mm-hmm. having to take care of the meat. We don't want to leave the meat there overnight and risk the grizzly taking it. So, we're like, it's just smart if we, did, we got top. We got time. Let's go back to camp and let's, you know, glass in the morning and kind of get things figured out. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of how day two of hunting went, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. Pretty good first two days. Yeah. yeah. And we got to see some awesome country. Still did get to see a bunch of caribou. We saw about two dozen the first day and about eight the second day. Yeah. Nothing close to us. Well, one. Yeah. But nothing real close to us. No. Nothing close to camp. 
Yeah, not yeah. not even yep. close to camp. And you know, that was a little bit concerning at the time, you know, but it was again from our expectations of it. And we actually had a group of guys that we met or we talked about on the first podcast from Colorado and they texted Justin on the inreach and they're like, first day doubled out bulls caribou everywhere we're like what yeah yeah like that was not not the caribou everywhere here (laughs) yeah the only reason we can see them is because we can see for 10 miles like that's how we're finding them and i didn't think they're packing what we had for optics power no i don't think so either. so for he said they're everywhere i I might be mistaken he might have a yeah swart you know something crazy yeah yeah so i i don't know but Anyways, we, our expectations and, you know, we weren't really sure what to do, you know, and they, when we got dropped off our pilots, like, Hey, if nothing, if you guys aren't seeing anything in three or four days, text us from the inreach and we'll come and move you. And that kind of like, kind of sat in the back of my mind, like, are we in a bad place or he just say this to everybody? Yeah. yeah. And it's not something you want to hear. No. Especially when you're have 20 days or 20 hours of the day awake yeah. and you're not seeing stuff. You're like, and he said this. Is, yeah. And he also told us to le- go more than two miles. So you start adding up things that you might not have ever had to add up in the first place. Yeah. It was just things you had to talk about and think about. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention, too, if we did move that whole day a shot because we can't hunt on the same day we fly. So we'd burn a day of the trip. Yep. That, that weighed heavy. That is. That's so true. Um, so anyways, we're get, coming into day three, which is today as we're recording this. And anything else you want to add before we go into the next episode of that? No, I'm. No, I think that was pretty good uh, chain of events that we listed off there for two days. Yeah, we covered it quicker than I thought we would. Yeah, I don't think we're missing anything though. No. So all all I would I guess yeah, a good recap is we got into some caribou there, and you know, difficult hiking weather is what you'd expect from Alaska. What we had heard, um, tundra is tundra. Yeah, everybody that described tundra, which I'm not going to do because everyone does it. It is that plus some. Yep. The weather is everything they say it is. And it's an awesome place, though, all in all. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's everything we said that might be a negative is definitely cool. It just makes place. it part of the whole entire thing, you know. That's Yeah, it's part of the Alaska experience. Like, you hear people say, oh, it's probably going to rain a lot. Well, so far, we've been here three days. It's rained a lot. Bring a tent that you can weather a storm in and bring a tarp that you can weather a rainstorm in. Yep. Like, you want to weather a heck of a storm, get in your tent. If you want to weather a quick rainstorm, get under the tarp. Yep, yep. for sure. Well, I think with that, uh, we'll end this episode. And I'm going to tell you, you should probably look at listening to the next one or watching the next one because we got some pretty exciting things that, that hey, happened here. It yep. was definitely a good day. Yeah. Today, some things changed. So we will cover that in the next episode. And thanks for watching and or listening. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.